Welcome back to Dystopian Worlds. Today we're going to hear from Colin, Ashton, and Jesse talking about The Giver and Animal Farm. Hi, I'm Ashton. I'm Jesse. Welcome to the Destruction of Society. Today we'll, we will be covering our dystopian novel, The Giver and Animal Farm. So, Jesse, what can you tell me about the beginning of The Giver? Well, in the beginning of The Giver, it says it was almost December. So, people were outside when they saw a jet flying across the sky at high speed. Oh, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Never seen that before. Keep going. This is a different type of jet i think it was really fast uh-huh and the pilot took a wrong turn oh, and terrible. forgot to do something and some lady was yelling at everybody mm-hmm. and that already kind of shows it's dystopian for me because she was bossing everybody around because she was telling everybody to go back inside for basically no reason so when people start bossing around like that that's when you actually lose control of your own society and that's when it starts going downhill that's why communism doesn't work that's why we need free markets. I see. That's very interesting. I'm glad you mentioned because that's kind of like what happened in Animal Farm. It's like a direct um, symbolic message about how communism doesn't work because all these animals think their new revolutionary idea will lead uh, to great success. But no, they keep uh, embarking on failure and failure. And uh, one animal makes himself the leader over all of them. I like the pig on the cover. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good addition. It's a good addition. The, the, the leader is the pig. The leader is uh, a pig. Okay. Which is so kind of symbolic, when too. When you mentioned the pig at the beginning, that was like the symbol for... The pig um, is a symbol of uh, Stalin. Stalin? Mm-hmm. What are some rules and laws that are unique to your dystopian society? Do you agree or disagree with these laws? Explain. Well, we're at... Uh, in Animal Farm, there are some very uh, specific rules. For example, um, number one, whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. That includes humans. So if, if humans are um, not viewed upon favorably in this book, it's, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like that. It's not good. Not good for the human race. Additionally, uh, all animals are equal. No animal shall drink alcohol. No animal shall sleep in a bed. No animal shall wear clothes. I agree with all animals are equal, but not being able to sleep in a bed might be a minor setback. Colin, I have a question. So, is it like the animals are like intelligent? Can they function yeah, like humans? Yeah, they can. So why don't they allow each other to sleep in bed and wear clothes? It's like a, it's kind of like a play on communism. It's called like animalism. It's so they don't want to do the same thing that the human enslavers did. Oh, okay. So are the humans dead? No, the humans are still alive. They just kicked out their own. How would you describe our modern day world? This question's for Colin. Um, I'd say our modern day world has definitely improved in quality <laughs> over some experience. Over some experiences uh, in humanity, like um, during World War II and World War One, we definitely have a better quality of life than we have maybe even 10 or 20 years ago due to technology's mm-hmm. rapid uh, mm-hmm. increase. But that's not always a <coughs> excuse me. That's not always a good thing because um, technology. It's gonna be a long in a lot of books, you can uh, you see how like technology starts to starts to um, 
play a negative role in society where like AI robots become more powerful than um, their human creators. So I think we live in a good society right now, but we have to watch ourselves to make sure we don't overstep any boundaries. Because that's happened before, like in the Holocaust. I do that. I see what you're Ashton, I have a question about the giver, actually. My question is, what's your reaction to like the beginning of the story so far? What do you view on it? Um, the beginning of the story was very chaotic, and there was a lot going on, because the debt just caused chaos in the community. Mm-hmm. Like, no one knew what to do. Yeah. So, with the latest story, kind of like, like, the, kinda like the real world. There was death in the beginning? No, there wasn't death. Oh. But, um, it was just a lot of chaos going on, with everybody dropping their bikes and having to run to cover. Oh, well, that yeah. does seem very chaotic. That and does seem Not utopia-like. Doesn't yeah. seem like something you do on your average Saturday, but... No, okay, let me ask I don't a usually question like now. to drop my bike and run. Overall, do you think our world is a utopia overall or a dystopia? Sometimes it's utopia, sometimes it's dystopia. <laughs> I'd say that America is probably a utopia. Yeah, it is. Utopia. Utopia. I'd say, like in some countries though, like in Mexico, Utopia. it may, it, I mean, it has utopia qualities, but like, there are definitely dystopia qualities here, even in the United States. I mean, like in Chicago and like, Colorado, Detroit. and like Detroit and Flint and Flint, like Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah, and Flint, like the water's brown and like that looks bad on the surface. It's mostly the scene from Bruce Almighty where he says. In the city of Buffalo, it's like a um, lunch. You sprinkle in a few nuts, and, uh, you know, those nuts sometimes Bruce. become um, threats, and that's that's how Bruce. a city can turn into a Bruce. dysentopia. Thank you, Jesse, for your computer <laughs> response. Bruce. That will conclude our Dystopian Worlds podcast. This uh, was by Colin, Ashton, and Jesse. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. Next, let's hear from Emily and Larry talking about Perfect and Blue Screen. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Larry. I'm reading the book Perfect by Cecilia Ahern. And I'm reading Blue Screen by Dan Wells. Is your book more interesting than you thought and have? Yes, because it talks about how people run away and they have to hide from the law. My book is also interesting because they have to have chips in their head that are called adinges. In your book, what ruler law do you disagree with the most? I disagree with the law that you have to have an adinge that that charges your prosthetic arm that has to be placed in the back of your head. I disagree with the fact that you have to have a letter F imprinted in your skin if you mess up or are caught being flawed. Do any of the people in your book remind you of yourself or someone else? Yes, the main character, Celeste North, reminds me of myself because she has to hide and run away from people because she feels like she can't trust them. I can relate to Andrea because I stay up all night and play video games. The main characters in my book are Celestia North and her grandfather. The main characters in my book are Andrea and Melissa. Can you relate to how any of the people feel in your book or their emotions? I can relate to Melissa because I like being around friends. 
I can relate to the main character and her grandfather because they're always scared and sometimes they feel like they can't trust people. I am reading the book Perfect by Cecilia Ahern. And I'm reading the book Blue Screen by Dan Wells. Today we discussed how rules and laws in two dystopian worlds differ from each other. I'm Emily. And I'm Larry. We'll see you guys next time. On Dystopian Worlds. Naima, Cameron, and Andre tell us about Animal Farm, Alive, and the Marrow Thieves. Welcome to Dystopian World, where each week we talk about dystopian-related novels. Today we talk about the rules and laws in this dystopian society. My name is Naima, and I read Animal Farm by George Orwell. My name is Cameron, and I'm reading Alive by Scott Sigler. My name is Andre, and I'm reading The Marrow Thieves by Cherry Dillon. In my book, there aren't any rules or laws. It's a bunch of young adults that woke up in coffins with their minds completely wiped. The only thing they all know and have in common is that they all remember being 12 and that today is their birthday. All their coffins that they woke up in have names on them and they all have symbols engraved on their forehead. They all band together to try and escape the building they awoke in. Okay, my book has seven rules and my rules are whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. Whatever goes upon four legs or has wings is a friend. No animal shall wear clothes, no animal shall sleep in a bed, no animal shall drink alcohol, no animal shall kill any other animal, and all animals are equal. I agree with the first and second laws because I think animals would see humans as enemies and other animals as friends. I also agree that no animals should wear clothes because they weren't born to wear clothes because they adapted with fur, coating, and all that type of stuff. I, did, I think that I disagree with the fact that animals should not sleep in a bed because animals may be uncomfortable sleeping on the ground and sleeping in the dirt and stuff. And I agree with no animals should drink alcohol because nothing should be able to drink alcohol because it can give you hallucinations and it also can mess with your brain. And I agree with the last two rules because they stand for life and equality. My book is about a world that is greatly suffering from global warming. The story takes place in Canada and the indigenous people are being hunted for their bone marrow. The reason for this is because a large amount of the Canadian population has lost the ability to dream. The government believes that the bone marrow of the indigenous people is the answer to restoring the ability to dream. A rule slash law that the government has is that these people called recruiters must hunt the indigenous people for their marrow. If caught, the indigenous would be sent to this place called a school. I don't agree with this law because it's like a modern day Nazi concept where the recruiters represent Nazi soldiers, the indigenous represent Jews, and the schools are like concentration camps. Okay, what's the first question? Do your books have a form of government? My book doesn't have a form of government, but it's kind of like a corrupt, like, lifestyle. Because, like, the animals are just, like, living in a lifestyle where it's just, like, not, like, fair for them. Even though they have these laws that say they should be equal and they should do this, all these, like, humans and stuff, the, pe the people with among two legs are, like, the ones mistreating them. Second question is, are the characters in your book grown or younger? Um, I'm not really sure because they're animals and they're not actually people, <laughs> but um, I think they would probably be a little bit older just because they probably have the mindset of an older person to be able to know what to do. My third question is, what about your book makes it dystopian? Um, what makes it dystopian is that the mistreating and the corrupt lifestyle of the animals and how they were treated. Okay, my first question was, does your dystopian society, society have rules? If so, what are some things you could change about these rules? Yeah, I changed the rule because no indigenous, no people should just be put into a camp where they kill them and take their bone marrow. 
My role was that recruiters would go out to hunt indigenous people for their bone marrow and take them to camps. Okay, my second question was, do you think the rules slash laws of a dystopian novel play a role in why the government is so corrupt? Explain. I think that laws make a government corrupt, so it doesn't play a role. It is a direct reason as to why a government is corrupt. Because people don't, not everybody agrees on the same thing. So no. that's why, yes. That <laughs> oh, yes. Not everybody agrees on the same thing, so that's why it would be so corrupt. Yes, it would be corrupt. Follow the no, rules. Is there a book that, have like, a simple life. that doesn't... That there's no like rule or law that makes the thing corrupt. It's just bad. It just no Gotham like Batman because there are no rules. My like, book doesn't a, have any rules or laws. My, rules, my book Everyone doesn't have just rules sucks. or laws. So it's not dystopian societies. It's not just the rules and laws. Sometimes it is just the people. Because think about you know Batman. All the people suck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me I'm wrong either. In my dystopian novel, um, they don't have rules or laws. They're just in a. a what is it called? Uh, a dungeon. They're in a dungeon. But they don't know if they're above ground or if they're underground. They just know that they're in like a maze and like they can't. They're trying to find a way out. Okay, my last question was, does your novel have a corrupt government or is it something else? Explain. My dystopian novel doesn't have a corrupt um, government. It's just, it's something else. It's something else. It's just, it's just people... Well, no, there's no corrupt government. They're just doing what they believe is right, which is really the wrong thing to be doing. Do you think dystopian novels are more of a representation of today's society or historical societies? I think it's becoming to be more like a dystopian society. I'm not gonna say too much. No, because no, do you modern. Think, like, is it is are dystopian novels based <laughs> off of the past or like the present? I think it's based off the present. I think it'd be based off the future. That's not an option, but like I think it'd be based off the future because, because the, the, the it's way like, it's the fear of what it could be. The way the Earth's turning right now in the world and, and the people, we are we are gonna be that dystopian society. Yeah. Luke, Kaylee, and Trinity are going to tell us about Ready Player One, Divergent, and Animal Farm. Hi, my name is Luke. I'm Kaylee. I'm Trinity. Today we are talking about our dystopian novels. And I'm reading Divergent by Veronica Roth. I'm reading Animal Farm by George Owell. And I'm reading Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. So how do you like your book, Trinity? My book is really great so far. How's your book, Luke? I really, I think this is one of my favorite dystopian novel books. It's like, I just think it's really, um, it just flows really well. It just... All the story ties, how the story ties them together. It's just a good book. What about you, Kaylee? Mine's pretty good. What's yours about, Trinity? Mine's about this kid who lives in the future, and he has a game called The Oasis, and it's like a virtual reality for him, and he lives on top of trailers stacked up, stacked up on each other because it's in the future. What's your book about? <laughs> Mine's about animals on a farm, and then they feel mad, and so they, like, turn the tables on the farmer. So it's like the animals, like, trying to kill the farmer? That would be scary. Just like you see a hog running up. <laughs> What's yours about? Well, mine is about, so there's this girl named Tris, and she, when she just turned 16, she has a twin brother named Caleb, and they, they're... Twins, so they just turned 16. When they turn 16, 
they have to choose their faction. There's five different factions, and after they choose their faction, they leave the one that they were born into. So their parents chose one, and they married someone in that faction, and after they choose theirs, they go to the one that they choose. Usually, the parents like it if you stay in that faction, because it's what you grew up in, it's what you know, and it's something easy to stay in. And so her brother chose a different faction. He went to the very smart faction, and he was all, and his parents were devastated because that was like their enemy faction. <coughs> Tris, the main character, went into the other faction, a uh, different faction that's like crazy. They're the people who protect the city. They're like the military. And it's cool. It's a cool book. So, Trinity, do you have any unique laws to your dystopian society? Like, well, some of the laws that, like, happens is that... Wait, no, there's no laws, actually. There's no laws in there. No different laws, so it's like, like a city with no... Limits. Like, what do you mean like, by you law? you do anything you want? Oh, yeah, so basically, they all are, like... The whole entire world is, like, destroyed in the future because of the fossil fuels that have been... They've been burning so many fossil fuels. So this is, like, how the world now will be in the future because of all the fossil fuels that have been burned. What makes your novel a dystopian novel? It's all scary and stuff because the farmer's fearing for his life because all the animals attack him. Oh, yeah. Makes sense because animals, well, they can attack you, but do they have, like, human... Like they can talk and all yeah. that? Oh, okay. Can the farmer hear them? They can't. Yeah. Oh. They can only hear each other. Do they walk on two legs? The pigs do. The pigs do. Wow. I'd like to see that. What's your favorite part about the book that you've read so far? I like about when he went to school. Like, it's like he like showed, like, he went into, like, the character. His name's Wade. He went into, like, detail about, like, how... How, like, the school looks and everything, and, like, how the his little avatar is. It's like, it, like, when he logs into the Oasis thing, he has an avatar, which goes around the school. And he talked about, like, how he got, how he got bullied in school. And I think, I think that was pretty cool, about how he went into detail about it. Well, that was Luke, Kaylee, and Trinity, and thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. Tune in next week for another episode of Dystopian Worlds.